Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Injured at work in a motor vehicle accident or had a fall in a public space? Speak to Your Claim Lawyers, a no-win, no-fee, personal injury claims law firm that specialises in maximising compensation claims for injured people. Call 1-800-YOUR-CLAIM or yourclaimlawyers.com.au. I think, you know, I've always had that kind of desire to, to represent your country and I think it's probably doubled with, you know, a few people saying, oh, you'll never do that if you're studying medicine or being a doctor. So um, <laughs> that's kind of, you know, fueled my fire a bit to, to prove some people wrong. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to get the opportunity. Yeah, that was Georgia Redmayne chatting to us about six months ago about her ambitions to represent her country in cricket. And recently, she received the call up to join the Australian women's cricket squad who'll take on India in Queensland later this month. She's also notably qualified as a doctor and has recently returned from the UK after playing for the Welsh Fire in the 100 competition. I thought it'd be timely to ask her to come back for a chat. Georgia, thanks for joining us again and well done on making the national squad. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me back on. And yeah, I can't believe uh, you found that, um, that voice recording from, I can't even remember, that would have been maybe February or March or something potentially. Yeah, I think it was after Queensland's win from memory in the WNCL final. So a lot's happened since then, yeah. not only in your life, but around the world. I think in general, it's fair to say. Uh, it's interesting. Normally, calls or notifications after 2am are something you steer clear of, at least in my experience. But I understand that's how you found out about your elevation into the Aussie squad. Is that correct? Yeah, so I was over in England, as you were saying. I was, um, sorry, the UK, uh, in Wales, technically, um, playing in the 100 competition. And, um, you know, a bit of a restless sleeper. So I kind of, you know, like being being overseas as well, you, you wake up in the middle of the night and there's about, you know, all these notifications on your phone coming from back home. So I looked at one of them and one of them was from... Um, my coach back home just saying, oh, I think Flegs is a national selector is, is trying to get on to you, um, just wanting to know about your quarantine details. And I'm like, oh, that looks important and kind of woke me up a little bit. And uh, so I send a little message to him to say, hey, um, I get back these dates and I've got two weeks of quarantine. Um, and then I get a message straight back from him saying, um, oh, are you free for a chat? And I was like, oh, possibly not. It's <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> and I get could I give you a call like once I wake up? Because um, you know I didn't want to be making a you know important call whilst I was still still half asleep. Um, but yeah, I I called him the next morning around eight a.m. and um, yeah, it was it was amazing. I um, yeah, it basically just said that I've been called up to play in the selected in the squad to play India. So um, yeah, it was, I was absolutely thrilled and. Yeah, had a little little bit of a jump around my room, I think, uh, early morning. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it was kind of, um, it's strange being up, like, I guess, overseas, kind of by yourself away from, from everyone who you'd normally share the news with. But, um, yeah, I gave a call home to, to my mum and dad, um, told them first, which was pretty exciting. Oh, absolutely. Just on that, though, if you saw the name of the selector up, was there a part of you that's like, oh, gee... I'm going to struggle to get back to sleep now. Or did you think, oh, I'll, I'll just wait till the morning? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, oh, I wonder if 
I want to talk and I didn't want to get my hopes up too much. But right, yeah, yeah, I it did take me a little bit of time to get back to sleep because, you know, my mind was started to race about all the possibilities. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, got, got back to sleep eventually. And then, um, yeah, had that call in the early morning and then went down for breakfast with, you know, a little skip in my step really uh, yeah. <laughs> that day. Fair enough. You've worked hard for so many years to get to this point as well. I think people would realise that. Are you a sentimental type of person who gets a tad emotional when thinking about your path to make the Aussie squad? And were your family the first group of people you told ultimately? Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, I called my mum and dad first um, and told them. Um, but yeah, like I think, you know, um, being part of the squad is one thing. But I think, yeah, like if if I do get the chance to to pull on the green and gold and, and debut, I think that might be when I get a little bit emotional, I think. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, hope, hopefully that happens. Um, we'll have to wait and see. But, yeah, I think, yeah, like as you said, it, it's been a bit of a long haul. And, um, yeah, it's something that I'd kind of um, almost, yeah, thought that that it would never happen. So, um, yeah, it's pretty special to, to kind of get that acknowledgement and, and inclusion in the squad and, um you know, it's a multi-format series too, so um, you know, chance to to uh, be selected in yeah the ODIs and and the Test match, which doesn't come around too often. Just on that point about potentially being part of the starting eleven, the Aussie coach Matthew Mott on a radio interview earlier this week said there was a natural cause for concern about players coming out of quarantine and playing a condensed schedule after such a long off season, where players a lot of them haven't played since March, April, have they? So you probably have the advantage of being match hardened given your time in the hundred. But can that be a difficult thing to manage for players that you know of, particularly for those returning from injury or who have had injury niggles over the last six to eight months? Yeah, I guess so. I think I think it probably depends on the role within the team. Obviously, it's probably more of a, a load management is is more of a concern for for fast bowlers than say batters. But mm. um, yeah, like I think it's certainly something to consider. And I think you know, there's 12 of the squad of 18, and now I think they've just started a, a two week quarantine up in Brisbane. So um, yeah, it certainly changes. I guess the the way that. I guess, you know, I'm glad I'm not part of the support staff that have to try to manage all of that. Um, uh, Kind of managing workloads and making sure that they're doing the right thing, that everyone's, you know, fit and ready to go for each game and and trying to make sure that, you know, they're getting the best out of everyone and and not overcooking anyone too. So, um, yeah, it'll certainly be interesting. And, um, yeah, like I think it's nice to have have played a few games, but... um, yeah, I wouldn't really say too <laughs> too heartened. It's only a hundred ball game that I've been playing, so um, <laughs> might be a bit of a uh, change of scene going to fifty overs and test matches. But um, yeah, I think um, yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I think I've got a little bit of a buffer time once I get out of quarantine before joining the squad, so I'll be able to get back and get back into training. So I'm ready to go once I join the squad. Speaking with Georgia Redmayne on the line, you've been well-travelled as a domestic player. You've played all over Australia for different teams. Do you find it an easy process to gel into a different team and dynamic as you would if you get the call-up to play for a match for Australia? Obviously, it's a completely different dynamic in itself playing for the national team. Do you find it easy to adapt? Uh, that's a good question, actually. Like, I think, yeah, obviously I've had the benefit of... Um, moving around a bit from I started back in New South Wales, went to Tasmania and now up in Queensland and played Big Bash in Perth and Tassie in Hobart and, and now at the Heat. So, um, yeah, I've certainly had to adapt to different teams and, yeah, just recently having gone over to Wales as well. Um, but, yeah, it, it is certainly a little bit different kind of coming into the Australian setup. Um, 
you know, it's not like they're complete strangers. You people that you've been playing kind of against for the last however many years. So, um, yeah, it's certainly nice to have a few of them on my team rather than against them. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it, it is like you know, it's international cricket's a new scene in itself that you know I've never really experienced. Um, so yeah, that'll that'll make it nice and new and fresh. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a magnificent series. Hopefully, it's a tight one as well. The series has been moved, obviously, to Queensland due to the COVID situation and border closures, which have affected Sydney, Melbourne and Perth, where a lot of matches were going to be played. You're going to be playing in, I think, Mackay and on the Gold Coast as well. As someone who plays in Queensland, does the humidity and the conditions up there make any discernible difference or does it not really matter? Um, I'm I'm kind of someone who likes a little, like, likes being a little bit more hot and humid. I think... um, Somehow, it, I think it makes me focus a little bit harder. And you, when you know you're kind of in there and you're, uh, you know, in a bit of a battle as well, I think I kind of like that little bit of um, toughness. And I like to think I'm a bit of a battler. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really mind it. And I, I, I'm really, I was so stoked when I heard the news that the games have been moved to Queensland. Obviously, it's my home state now. And um, yeah, I, I play my club cricket on the Gold Coast, and I've, I've lived there for. Um, two years, not living there at the moment, but um, yeah, so it's certainly like a, another home to me, and I'm really looking forward to hopefully, hopefully playing in front of, I guess, the home crowd at at the Gold Coast, and and travelling up to Mackay will be great too. I've never been up there, but um, it'll certainly be quite hot and humid up there, and um, the Indians might feel at home actually, but um, yeah, I think the um, from what I've heard, the the WBL games that have been hosted there, they've had incredible crowd support and. Um, it's really nice to be able to play in some regional areas. Yeah, I think they hold, it must be in the top few crowds for a match in the WBBL from memory, uh, Mackay. So they do get around it, particularly in the regional areas. Speaking with Georgia Redmayne, who recently got the call up to the Australian women's cricket squad, the Indians are obviously going to be eager to atone for that T20 World Cup final loss last year. They have a number of dangerous players, including Shafali Verma and Poonam Yadav, who caused... Havoc at the opening game of that World Cup last year. What are their most dangerous attributes as a team from your perspective? Oh, I think there's so many match winners in their team. I, I know that I've I've come up against a few of them just recently playing in the 100. Um, Smriti Mandana was in excellent form, especially when she was playing the Welsh Fire, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> she strikes it so cleanly and has such a great bat swing. Um so they've got a lot of match winners. Jemima Rodriguez, again, had another amazing tournament in the 100. I think she was the top run scorer or second top run scorer. Um, Shafali Verm has just come on the scene and um, can absolutely destroy an attack, as we found in um, an Australia A India A series um, a couple of seasons ago um, that I played against her. And again, she like arrived on the international scene just after that World Cup um, and dominated uh, there and really made the transition into the the Indian team in all formats recently um, playing in England. So, yeah, they've got a lot of really good players and um, a lot of experience there too. So, you know, one of those players can, can really, you know, run away with a game. And I think that's, you know, something that you have to kind of be aware of and on our guard and making sure that we're playing our best cricket to counteract that. Do you find the Indians can be deceptively slower with the ball because of the different conditions they're accustomed to in the subcontinent? Yeah, I think, you know, I think most of their attack, if you look at it, the vast majority of them are spinners and, and quite slow spinners at that. And it's, yeah. it's probably not something that 
Australian batters are very accustomed to because um, I guess, you know, most spinners here will be trying to bowl more quicker and, and get more um, kind of, uh, you know, cram the batters up a bit and try to bowl stump to stump. Whereas I think, um, yeah, some of the Indians really take the pace off it and, you know, it goes above the batter's eye line and you just see them charge out. And um, I think that's how Poonham got a lot of wickets in that World Cup just deceives the batters just with the lack of pace. So, yeah. um, you know, I think since that tournament, you know, I think I think the girls would have learned a lot from that. And, um, yeah, be, it'll be an interesting uh, battle this series to see kind of, I guess, the lessons learnt from, from previous games against them. Speaking of the Aussie team, who have you never played alongside before in that Australian team? If you get the call up, obviously, to the starting 11, who would you look forward to playing alongside the most? I don't, I know you don't want to play favourites or anything like that, but is there anyone that you've looked <laughs> up to and admired from afar that you'd really enjoy playing alongside? That's a good question, actually. I'm trying to think of, because I've, I've played with, I reckon, most of them at some yeah. point or another. Um been around Australia have, playing have, for everyone. <laughs> I've been around a lot of teams. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone who I haven't played with. Um, that is a tough question on <laughs> the spot because because <laughs> a lot of a lot of the New South Wales players and you were originally part of that New South Wales yeah, squad. Yeah, I, I played originally at New South Wales with a lot of those girls and. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good question. And I think, like, you know, through kind of Aussie and um, some other teams, I've managed to play with a lot of the big girls. Um, but maybe Darcy Brown, I haven't played with her before. Um, but, like, yeah, just in terms of who I'm, yeah, just, like, looking forward to play. I think it's hard to nail it down to one. That's, they're just a well-beater team, really, at the moment. They're, um, you know, on a, a record win of ODI victories. And, um, you know, it's pretty... Um, you know, it's pretty exciting to to be a part of that and to be added to the squad. I think um, is a huge honour, and I think just being around the group as a whole, I think the the team itself has made history as a collective. So, um, being able to be included in that, I think, is what I'm really looking forward to. Speaking with Georgia Redmayne on the line, tell us about your experience playing for the Welsh Fire in the hundred. I mean, you scored a boundary, I think, every three point two balls on average during the power play, which I think was a tournament high for for the most part. Anyway, how did you enjoy the experience? Yeah, I think um, I got tagged in a social media post about that stat, and it wasn't, you know, it's one of those kind of um, random stats that you know you someone you know, a statistician on Twitter's kind of gone crazy and like hot down this kind of left field stat. So I'm, I'm like, oh, I was pleasantly surprised by that. I think, um, you know, sometimes statistics work in your favour. I, I obviously, I wasn't opening the batting for most of it, but was batting at three for a lot of the competition. So probably didn't have quite the number of balls than, um, you know, people who were opening every game. But um, yeah, it was, the competition as a whole, um, I, I loved it. I thought it was a great experience. Um, you know, we got to play on some of the best grounds in the country. I think I was I was really devastated that the draw worked out that I didn't get to play at Lords, but um, got to play at like the Oval and Edgbaston. Um, in Cardiff, we got to play at Fire Gardens, and um, you know, to play in front of you know in in big grounds like that and playing in front of crowds that were regularly over ten thousand. Yeah. Um, it's not really something that we experience um, back home in domestic cricket, so that was something that was really special and um, you know, the atmosphere at the ground and, and all the kids and, and families that got involved, most of whom had never really 
seen a cricket game before. I think I think it, it will do wonders for the game over there, and uh, I think the competition will just keep growing. So, yeah, like I think it was a fantastic tournament to to be a part of, and and yeah, some some funky rule changes, I guess, um, from the traditional version of cricket. But I think it worked really well. It was over and done with quickly, and kind of felt like a T20 game, but less running between ends, which was kind of nice, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine. Uh, as a cricket venue, nothing, by the way. Very, very jealous that you got to play at a lot of those grounds. Tell us about the Welsh culture as well. Do you get time to do anything touristy while you're over there? Because I think in the UK, for the most part, it's almost back to normal in a way. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the UK, like, I think when we got over there, they were just, you know, pretty much ending all restrictions. So it's it's kind of like a different world in a way. Um we were still kept in a somewhat little bubble in a way, like just trying to um, protect us from, from catching COVID. So we could only eat out outside at restaurants and at like specific places that had been cleared by the COVID officer. So we're getting a lot of kind of Deliveroo in and that type of thing. So we weren't mixing with the public a huge amount. Um, so there's obvious uh, certain COVID protocols that we have to stick to, but um Managed to do a little bit of exploring, uh, a little bit around Cardiff and um, around the Glamorgan coast as well, which was stunning. I uh, had a day out there, just go for a little walk. So it was a nice nice little escape from the hotel for a bit. Um, and yeah, the culture there is great. I think um, I spent a whole afternoon um, trying to nail down the longest town name in the world, which is a very, I, if, you, if, you, if you like ever want to just Google Welsh town name it'll probably come up because it's got about 30 letters and I can nail the pronunciation for you so you ready yep goodness me there's probably about three vowels in the whole word so um yeah had to had to learn a bit of Welsh but really enjoyed it (laughs) well if you can nail that one uh, you could potentially learn the whole language uh, very soon Uh, talk to me about playing alongside Hayley Matthews as well you had a good partnership in one of the matches tell us about playing alongside her and her characteristics yeah she's great I um I was lucky enough to I played two seasons with her when I was at Hobart Hurricanes so we knew each other pretty well and um you know, we, we, we opened the batting together back in Hobart, so we kind of knew how each other's games worked pretty well kind of going into the tournament. And I think that that's really nice that you can, you, you know, your, your batting partner and you know how they tick and how they like to, you know, get off strike or, or score runs essentially. So, um, yeah, I think I think we complemented each other pretty well too. And, um, yeah, well, I was lucky enough. To, I think I batted with her in most games, to be honest. Um, but, yeah, we, we managed to get a few good partnerships in and, um, yeah, she's someone who's uh, always very relaxed and chilled, as you know most West Indian players yeah. are. So, um, always good fun to be around and and good for a laugh. So, um, yeah, really enjoyed being able to play with her again. Good stuff. We're speaking with Georgia Redmayne. Just a few more before I let you go. Before this whole whirlwind occurred for you over the last few months, uh, is it true you were working in? Obviously, we know you're a doctor. You were working in Lismore, weren't you, in some sort of medical capacity? Can you tell us a bit about that and what you actually do? Because it's very, very interesting and very rare in this day and age to have a professional player, I guess, in any sport combine their duties with being a doctor. Yeah, so um, I think, well, last time we spoke, I would have, because I'd I'd been working since I graduated at the Tweed Hospital for two years and finished up there. And this year I was kind of thinking, you know, I, I wouldn't, you know, get a permanent contract and just try to do some casual locum work where I could pick that up mm. and um, yeah, managed to get a, a placement in, in Lismore um, 
in June. So I, I kind of had locked that in before I, I'd heard about the 100 competitions. So I think, yeah, I kind of had that I had a month working full-time uh, in the surgical ward at Lismore, which was really nice because um, it's where my mum and dad live, essentially. So could go home for, for four weeks and get some lovely home-cooked meals. But, um, <laughs> yeah, working, working at the hospital, it was nice. It was, um, you know, it, it's a different world and it, keep, it keeps me busy and keeps my mind going. And um, But it was certainly a busy time because I, don't, I just found out about the hundreds. So I was trying to... Um, you know, make sure that I finished work. It was a long day at work and then I'd go for a run or gym or, or skills or, or any combination of the three trying to get my training in um, after work. So I was, I was pretty tired by the end of those four weeks. Um, and then, yeah, had had another uh, two weeks, I think, before I uh, before I flew over to England. But certainly not the um, the normal preparation, I would say. But, um, you know, I've, I've come pretty used to, to balancing both over my time so it wasn't too foreign for me yeah we uh, spoke about that at length last time it's quite amazing and uh, you should be very proud of yourself no worry no doubt about that uh just before i let you go last one you're in hotel quarantine at the moment in queensland how are you negotiating with that obviously and do you have a go-to tv series to keep you occupied i can imagine as a doctor you'd be the type maybe to watch the medical dramas or do you steer clear of that Oh, I should probably like binge some more series to be honest. I think the last medical drama I watched was The Good Doctor. Um yes. but I haven't finished I think I was like maybe midway through it. Um haven't watched it for a while but um yeah, well I've I haven't really been I've been trying to like I've been keeping pretty busy actually. Um Queensland cricket were great and they brought in an exercise bike and and some gym equipment. So I've been trying to make sure that the fitness is still there once I get out of two weeks of quarantine. Um, Been watching a bit of uh, Australian Survivor on on the TV as well, like that show. So, um, but yeah, watching a couple of movies as well. So yeah, keeping occupied. I haven't gone crazy yet. Um, Day eight of of 14 days, but um, yeah, been pretty, been pretty lucky actually where I am. I think, we we got pretty much herded off the the plane onto a bus and then got told we we're coming to the Gold Coast when we'd assumed that we'd be quarantining in Brisbane. So I got a lovely view of Surfers Paradise out my window. So you know that it's keeps cruel. me nice. <laughs> it's nice and refreshing when you op- open the window and you're like, oh, it's a wonderful day outside. But you can't tea. really enjoy <laughs> because you can't go out yeah. of the hotel. <laughs> yeah, I'm counting down the days until Tuesday morning. I'm like, I'm. I'm packing my bags, I'm going downstairs and I'm walking 200 metres to the beach and going for a swim. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, um, yeah, it's a nice little incentive. <laughs> I can imagine. Well, Georgia, really appreciate your time. Best of luck. Hopefully you get the call up to play in the starting 11 for Australia in this series and hopefully it all goes well for you. All the best. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Good speaking. 
Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.